Vocal fam. Hello. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. Isn't that a song? It's been a long road. That's the uh, no, no, theme from Star Trek Enterprise. Did I tell you all about it when I see Oh, yes, that's a song. I might be singing. I'm, no, I'm, that was used in the first movie, Sing. Oh. <laughs> that was, it wasn't written for the movie, Sing. I think I, it was just a song. I don't know. I'm not good at... I'm really bad about learning song lyrics. I change words. Like... It's, it's the same thing. I'm really bad at memorizing. I can get the gist of things. It's one of the things, like, like in school. I'm really good at learning information. I can't, like, quote it back to you, but I can give you the gist of the information. Unfortunately, that is not what you're going for in, like, memorizing music. Yeah, you can't no. just sing the gist of the lyrics. <laughs> Boy, Sarah, Sarah's diving right in, vocal fam. Apparently, I am. She's 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 just getting right to the, the uh, crux, of crux it? the yeah, right right to as I said, I described something yesterday in class, like the main point. I said this is the true north. The true oh oh my. This is true north. True. Um, vocal fam, I just wanted to say uh, right at the right at the top. A few of you, multiple of you, have reached out over the last uh, couple of months just to say thanks and, um, you know, uh, for the podcast. And uh, we just wanted to say that we see you and uh, we're thankful for you listening. Thank you. Because I assume that we make this show on a dusty little corner of the internet. I, in fact, have to believe that. Like, if I think that people are listening to me, then I, I can't say words anymore. Um. So yeah. So how's your spring semester starting, Vocal Fam? You wearing your mask? I don't think everybody started back yet. I no, had someone text I, me actually, the other day I, that they are. A lot of people start after next Tuesday. Yeah, that's that's so. A lot of folks next actually, Tuesday, my and some the week after that. Whoa! I was wild. just having a meeting with someone yesterday on Zoom, and they don't start until the Monday, a full week after MLK Day. That's crazy. I mean, I know, I guess a lot of schools do like those little winter semesters, which yes. well, here's my thing. Yes, that is How much can you really cover in a like You know, winter... it's interesting on that note, uh, this is not something we were going to talk about today. I, I actually took a winter course Did once. you? Yeah, uh, it was it was uh, nine days. Did, three what, the, cr- full, what did you even learn? Full three credit musicology course in nine days. It was nine days? What is two weekends? Two weekends in a, in a week is nine days, right? Yes. Um, it went. It started on a Saturday morning, uh-huh. and it was like Saturday from eight a.m. to five p.m. with like a lunch break, and then Sunday from like noon to six or seven, and then every Ooh. evening throughout the week it was like I don't remember two to three hours. Maybe it was three hours, like six to nine. That's um, but still, a, 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 maybe maybe it was four hours, six to ten with a break. I don't remember. It was this was twenty years ago or whatever it was. That's a lot of. Um, Lots and of. then, well, it, but it, it allowed me during my doctorate to get that last musicology course in that I needed for my cognate, my minor in musicology. Oh, uh, I, I don't think I even knew you had a minor in musicology. I have a, I did. That my, totally makes sense, actually. <laughs> I am in no way surprised about that, and it explains honestly just a lot. <laughs> that totally vibes. I. <laughs> I take back any. Sarah's now sitting here thinking about all the random information, random historical information. Yeah, it honestly it. makes me feel better because, like, <laughs> you know, sometimes you just sit there and you're like, God, like, am I supposed to know this stuff? <laughs> I don't feel like I know anything. Um, Have I ever shared on the podcast my two favorite random music history facts? I don't know if you say them. I'll, I'll know. Okay, <laughs> let's. I was thinking. I was thinking about this today because I want to. I want to tell you, vocal fam, a little bit about. We're going to talk about memorization here in a minute. Yeah, I just. I dove um, right in. Sarah kind of dove right in. But, I didn't and, mean and, to. And, it just and, and, and one of these stories has to do with Puccini, which is what I'm oh, memorizing. My what a natural. So it ties in. It ties in. Okay. So these are my favorite two random musicological facts for your new year. We're starting off a new year, Woo-hoo! and we'll talk about the fact. This, we'll talk about the stress of it here at the end of the episode. But um, uh, but so here's a little frivolity, <laughs> okay. shall we say? Okay, yeah. It's for, Friday frivolity. For oh. your uh, Friday vocal fry frivolity. 
Frivolity. Frivolity. Frivolity. You added a D. For I don't do- think that's fr- a word. Fragility? No, that's not the word. <laughs> that's no. a different thing a different happening thing. today. We won't talk about that. Uh, that's my mental state. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, my favorite two musicological, and I don't even know if I would rank them either way. But uh, yeah, mm. I would. I would. You would. You love my lists. second. My number two. Yes, I love lists. Yeah. My number two random musicological thing. Okay. Is that Puccini, during his lifetime, the saxophone was invented. Okay. 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 You know, like the saxophone is like not is not, not a, that super old. old instrument, right? Yeah. Which is why it was honestly not in a lot of nineteenth century orchestration because it didn't love exist yet. Love to invent an instrument. That's going to be my new goal. Okay. Puccini in La Boheme, and Madama Butterfly, and Turandot, and maybe something else that I can't think of off the top of my head. I love the Italian accent you're slipping into. Sorry, I'm speaking, <laughs> I'm speaking in it multiple you're hours You're going a into day. Puccini mode. <laughs> um, uh, used, every t- used children's chorus in those operas. Cute, cute. Every time Puccini used a children's chorus, he added a saxophone part to the orchestration to double the children's chorus because he believed that it was the closest timbre to the human singing voice. I'm trying to picture a, a saxophone so in my head right now. Those Puccini operas with children's chorus, maybe not Bohem because I, I don't remember the exact first one because Bohem would have been the earliest ones, I think, of the ones that would have done it. Yeah. But uh, definitely Butterfly and Turandot in the orchestration, there are saxophone, saxophone parts. Which is not what we think of with romantic opera orchestra. It's not. It's also not what I think of when I think of, ah, the human voice, just like a saxophone. I'm sure that Dr. Hal could tell us why, perhaps. Yeah, like acoustically. Why, what uh, absolute spectral tone color harmonic is being brought out in the saxophone that's giving it an O-like quality that is telling us that... Well, and you I know, mean, maybe if it was you. a new, in- like, maybe it's because in my head, I'm just like, but it's an instrument, you know, like, it has been an instrument. Have I not played for alive. you the cello sample that Ian uses to, ba- that sounds like a singer? Oh. Sounds like a straight up O vowel. I don't think so. Oh, actually, I need to play actually, that for you. I feel like you might have. Yeah, I think I have. I think you have. Now, the more you're saying that, the more I feel like that last, it's one of those moments maybe I blocked out of my mind because I just wasn't ready to process it. That you happens. filter out that harmonic. That's that's a singer. Oh man. <laughs> anyway. So that's one. Okay, so that's, that's one. two. Sorry, that's there number were, two. There were two. Really, it's number, number two. one. My favorite random musicological fact of all time is that you, you know Jacques Offenbach, French yes. opera. Yep. An operetta composer. That guy. Wrote primarily comic operas. Yeah. Although obviously also wrote Hoffmann, which is a tragic Not opera. As um, but is actually has way more operas that he wrote for the comique than than serious ones. Mm-hmm. And um, he had his own orchestra that always played his operas. Okay. A so. young American was the clarinetist in Jacques Offenbach's orchestra who had been in Europe, in okay. France, studying composition and clarinet and all this kind of stuff. Like you do. If you think of Offenbach's music, it has a little bit of a march quality to it. You could march to that. Sure. John Philip Sousa... Okay. Was the clarinetist when in Offenbach's orchestra? March. I was. I was hoping. I was like, surely, surely. Sousa wrote a bunch of operas. Uh, you know, I saw. I don't know why I looked up. I oh, you know what it was? I think I was looking something up about baritones. And why? Just kidding. Just kidding, baritones. We love you. <laughs> I love. We bar- love you. I love the baritone. But voice. I'll still have a fight with you on stage if you'd like. Oh yeah, um, no, I don't. I don't really recall Tosti, why. the baritone. But I saw something about a Sousa opera, and I was like, "What?" Because in my head, I'm mm-hmm. just like, "Canons." He right? wrote quite a few, I think. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it was like forty or something like that. I don't remember the number. But more than you head. would expect. <laughs> well, yeah, any or more than I would expect, as yes. it turns out. <laughs> yes, even just one, and I'm like, "What?" Yeah, Sousa was Wild. the clarinetist in Offenbach's orchestra. Amazing. So anyway, those are two. Here's there's uh, two Friday frivolities, vocal fry Friday frivolities. Go off into your day to start your new year on the 
You too can now make people go, am I supposed to know that? What the heck? Do I know any? Am I even a music student? Or anyway, graduate? There you go. Yep. Just like knowing that Chopin wrote a couple of songs. Just a couple. For voice. For voice. I like Chopin's songs for voice. Who is it that used to sing those? Oh, it was, I think it was Citrina. Chopin songs? I don't think I've ever heard any of them live. I think she had, she loved Chopin. Hmm. But Possibly. Anyway. Could be wrong about that. So anyway, uh, Vocal Fam, um, what I wanted to talk about today, and I don't want to dwell on the play itself, but um, I wanted to share some strategies with you for memorization. Because let's admit it, right now, here in Omicron world... Yeah... Brain fog, weather from the virus. You don't even have to have had COVID. Weather from the virus or from pandemic fatigue. Like, let's just call it what it is. It's a thing. Brain fog is a real thing right now. And here, you know, before we get into this, I want to say a little congratulations. Okay. To the fact that I think, because look, this Omicron surge could have just shut everything down totally. It could have. I want to applaud our arts organizations, particularly in New York, who holy even holy, if they yeah. shut down for a week, like the Broadway productions opened back up. I was like, they basically shut down long enough to get people to fly into New York. And I want to congratulate them on using their understudies, on the understudies being prepared, mm-hmm. on having the flexibility to be like, hey, look, we got to shut down for five days. And we're back. But we're coming back. And and I, I think that that shows great courage and resolve and care for their people who are sick. And just um, a, a tenacity to still do the thing. Oh, yeah. And I think our industry needs that. And so I hope that you are a performer whose events are not going to be canceled this spring. But rather, and I know that perhaps with choral singing, some of that might be... That's hard. That's a hard choice. I, I, think, am, I think it's still our choirs that are probably our most hard hit. I am not envious of um, like people making decisions about that. But uh, as, as you are having performances starting again and... Certainly, I hope maybe even just your students are preparing for, you know, thing, normal things like juries or studio recitals or mm. recital recitals, oh, recitals. Um, degree recitals, or maybe you yourself are a performer preparing a, a role or preparing um, a musical or preparing whatever else it is that you sing, a, a, a gig. Maybe you're back to, maybe you're a singer songwriter and you're back to gigging on weekends, hopefully distanced from the crowd. Yeah. and. You know, you and your acoustic guitar with a whole bunch of distance probably can't do that much to hurt that many people. Um, and hopefully you're also making sure that you yourself are vaccinated and boosted and all testing and all these kind of things. All of the things. All the things. But anyway, but on this topic of memorization, I want to tell you a little story. When I was young, Sarah, oh. believe it or not, I was There's young once. I am no longer young. I have realized after our No Way Home episode... You didn't feel young anymore? I have realized that I'm old. You're not old. This was one of my discoveries over the winter holidays. What are you going to say in 30 years? If you're old, this isn't my thing. I'm going to say, get off my lawn! Oh oh my gosh. We're going to... It'll go from old to like... Curmudgeon. Mm, friend. <laughs> I don't think that's something that you're gonna like have happen. Like if if you're already like <clears throat> there. <laughs> like, I'm just saying this is someone that anytime we hang out around nine o'clock, <laughs> like he's not asleep at nine, but you can tell like like we're going on strong. weekdays. I'm in. I've been in bed this week at seven thirty. Okay, well, I'm talking about, like, over the break. Like, we're not going into work. We're playing games. Everyone's going short around 9 o'clock. All of a sudden, you realize it gets a lot quieter in the room. And it's because one person (laughs) is just hanging on for dear life. And at 10 o'clock, they're like, it's time to go. (laughs) It is 10 o'clock. It's time to go. It's time to go. It's time for you people to leave. So, like... Anyway. uh, (laughs) When you were young. Back in the day... 
I used to be able to memorize music or memorize lines mm. like like that. I'm jealous. Like I used to be able to I mean just it was not difficult for me. Jealous. I hate people like you. Learning learning extremely um Husbands like that's the worst, worst kind Learning of Learning extremely challenging things was not always the easiest for me. Like, you know, perhaps, you know, like learning a Bach aria, which was never really my voice type anyway or something. for anyone. Right. Like, that would take me, the learning process would take me a long time when I was young, perhaps. But, like, the memorization. But once I had learned it, it was pretty much memorized. Same would go for operatic roles. Like, Wildly it would take upsetting. me a while to work them into my voice and learn them and all that kind of thing. But once I had, I would pretty much have it in my, it was a part of my body and, and you know, whatever. Yeah. Right around age 30, I noticed that I was not able to memorize things as easily as anymore. And then a few years after that, I traced it back to the fact that, one, that was in the era of my extreme voice problems. That makes sense. And wh- I think any time that we are kind of in fight or flight mode with our voice, mm-hmm. it makes memorizing s- music more difficult. More difficult. But also, it was the season where my wife and I were ha- having our ch- children. So you were sleep our, our, deprived. And I literally can trace it back to the semester that 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 my son, my eldest, was born. That and right. that was when I stopped being able to memorize music. rapidly like I memorized all my doctoral recitals in the car on commutes back and forth to work so upsetting Um, (laughs) this is not this is not give me great hope for my own personal future I hate memorizing music uh, well if you're going to do a DMA Sarah it's a lot of recitals I know that's what I've heard (laughs) Um, it's it's a lot of recitals four some places five others three others two in some pedagogy programs you know what? My thing, you know how like a lot of recitals have a thing, like a theme? My theme will yes. be that it's not memorized. <laughs> My theme will be that so, it's all from music. On that on, on that note, I have a thing with, with recitals m- on memory. We're going to get to this memorization strategy here, I promise, vocal fans. <laughs> it's coming. It's it might co- be the coming. end of the episode, but no, it's coming. No, 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 But I'm actually a big proponent of... If you're singing something, I have a couple of stipulations. Mm. If you're singing something like oratorio that you will professionally practically never do without a score in your hands, yeah. I have no problem with you singing it with a score on a recital. Love that. Further, I think that vocal chamber music should always be performed with a score. I, I think that, that I think that you walking out to sing Les Nuits d'été from memory without a score with the strings. Well, when they all Or do, like, if you're doing a tent, like I've done on Wenlock Edge with the string quartet and the yeah. piano. I think you're doing a disservice and you're putting too much risk. I, they, a, I agree. A pianist could skip a, a phrase and catch And then you. what do you, yeah. A string quart, a quintet cannot. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm a big proponent of using score with chamber music. And listen, some of you may be offended by me saying this. That's fine. I'm, that's cool. That's just cool. The other one is if you're doing some exceptionally difficult 21st or 20th century music. Barrio comes to mind. Something of this nature that is just so avant-garde. I think going ahead and... Or, or George Crumb, perhaps. Mm. Um I think that using the score is appropriate in many of those situations. It certainly doesn't offend my sensibilities. How about that? I'm rarely offended. Um, now, on that, though, I will say I the greatest solo recital I've ever personally seen, and I've mm-hmm. seen some good ones because of those summers in Salzburg and with the Festspiel and, and also just, you know, living in cities and whatever. Uh, we saw Anna Sophie von Otter sing a solo oh. recital in Salzburg in oh two thousand and one. I don't remember what year it was, and she used music, including a complete Le Nuit d'Été. Mm-hmm. Um, she used music for every single piece. 
Because I think she was in town singing one of the shows and just oh, did the just recital. Did it. it wasn't like it was some big plan. That's it cool. was exquisite. I mean, you were capped. Visually, she obviously knew what every word meant. Yeah. She was enga- vis- facially engaged the entire time. Like, it wasn't like she just stared, stared at it. Well, I'm sure if this score. was a spur of the moment thing, like, honestly, that probably just gave her the freedom to. It was an exquisite. Throw herself recital. into it the was, music. It was just exquisite. Um, that was. So, anyway, I'm not even offended and I have colleagues now who actually just so that they can keep doing more recitals mm-hmm. are going ahead and using music I know that again that offends some people say it doesn't set a good example I don't I don't know I mean if it's great singing and we want the music to be heard and I, I, at the end of the day I'd rather hear the music I, I, and know. I'd rather hear it sung like artistically and move like with emotion behind it than watch someone who is just afraid they're going to forget the words. That's yeah, day, yeah, like. sure. I, now, that is not to say that I think there are some situations where, obviously, I think we should be singing this music from memory. Oh, yeah, I mean, um, yeah. But, anyway, so, I, so, the reason we're talking about memory is that I am, uh, we're five weeks away on Monday. Woohoo! Uh, from uh, us, uh, the premiere performance... Um, for Opera Mississippi of uh, we're doing one performance for Opera Mississippi and then one performance here on campus and then next year I'm going to offer the world so Vocal Fam if you'd like to come have me do this I'm willing to come to your school for some travel arrangements and I'm happy to package it with whatever pedagogy lectures or whatever you'd like, masterclass, what have you. Well, that would be... Um, But uh, a premiere of a play that was written by one of my teachers uh, International... Uh, tenor Joseph Evans, who is endowed professor of voice at the University of Houston Moore School of Music. Um, it is a play called Letters to Puccini. It's a play that Joey wrote um, in the 80s, I think, um, mm. that, that he premiered for Palm Beach Opera in West Palm Beach. And um, he toured it a little bit himself, numerous opera companies and universities back in the day. Um... And uh, it's a play where I essentially, I play Puccini yep. and tell the story of his life through a series of seven letters that, that the composer actually received. Yeah. Um, and uh, as Joey says in his writer's note, um, the, he got so frustrated by the fact that historical documents, biographies, and the sort had such conflicting information about Puccini Mm. that he went back to Puccini's own letters in Italian and took most of the dialogue for the play from from Puccini's own translated Italian. I love stuff like that. Like, I I really enjoy it. I saw a recital done a few years ago that was... kind of similar idea but it was like the letters of the schumanns back and forth oh yes sure 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 that'd be and i just love like it's just so interesting like it to me it sort of just takes it beyond just like biographically like anything with about puccini would have been interesting just as a person who enjoys music and storytelling but like when you have like it taken directly from their actual life like i don't know that takes it to the next level like that's so interesting to me yeah so it'll be a fun night there um there are musical excerpts there's a there's an overture that has excerpts from puccini's operas Mm -hmm. and um there are excerpts of arias that are sung off stage which will be sung by me Sarah one will be sung by and um, my wife um, yeah. will sing kind of the the bigger voiced soprano roles, some of which she's actually sung. And mm. uh, her Excited. colleague from Heinz, um, Andrew, will sing a couple tenor excerpts. And those all happen off stage, but um, uh, help, you know, illuminate and bring music to. Guess what, guys? I'm off stage, so uh, I don't have to memorize it. <laughs> okay. It's not much. I could, but like, well, who knows? <laughs> I well, first of all, I don't sing until the very end. And then at the very end, I I, I sing, sing a and then, lot. And we're actually doing an aria auction um, as a fundraiser for Opera Mississippi, and then here at school as a fundraiser for Lyric Stage at Mississippi College, where we will auction cool. off soprano and tenor arias. My wife will sing one and whatever the highest bid is, and I will sing. 
a tenor aria, whatever the highest bid is. We all doing a duet, or did I make that up in my and head? And then we will end the night with one duet. <gasps> Yay. Yeah, um, but it Love. will be soprano aria, tenor aria, and then... Well, I, I sing an aria as part of the play. At the very yeah. end, as myself... Yeah, I heard I, you practicing yesterday. I uh, sing a tenor aria. I am honestly excited to, like, to see this. Well, it's a really lovely night. Hear it. It's a really lovely night. And um, it's about... The play proper is 67 minutes. That's not bad. Um, including the aria that I so, sing at the It's a lot end. to uh, have to learn for yourself, but... So, <laughs> I am in the midst of memorizing about a 65-minute monologue. One-man show. <laughs> I've been trying to say one-person show, so I don't... Oh. I, 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 but, but I'm so used to hearing... Like, a, like the, the old phrase, phrase yes. Yeah. No, I didn't even think about that. No, I just keep it's it's. I, I keep idiom, saying it myself. Idiomatically, that's what. Yes, that's what we've heard. Not for really so long. even thinking. But anyway, it's a one-person play, um, and it's a it is literally a sixty-five minute monologue, and and there's a couple of interactions with the pianist. Oh, that's I um, love stuff like uh, that because Puccini. Come se dice in inglese chain smoking. I see, see. <laughs> one, one, one of my favorite ones is Come si dice in inglese? Scossa? Fremono? Asi Jerk My knee Jer- My oh. knee He does the jerk <laughs> Like this Okay yeah, yeah. Um, Excited to see Tyler it's There's always- a lovely moment Where I have a conversation In my bad Italian accent as Puccini Sounds right With my worse It French accent of Sardou talking about Tosca. <laughs> I don't think I've ever, I haven't heard the French accent yet, so I. Je ne comprends pas. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. I don't. I don't know Sarah's what not I was expecting. I don't Sarah's have a lot not. of room to critique. I'm like accent dyslexic. I know that's not really a thing, so, but I swear for so, me. It so, so vocal fam. So, as you might imagine, this is gonna be quite the show. Once I had like, and, and I want to say a shout out. Number of years ago, it was actually the idea of my colleague down at Loyola, Tyler Smith. Tyler and I were both graduate students together at, at UH, and it was Tyler's idea. He knew I was singing Puccini, and that was the. the and he he said, "I think you're one of the only ones of us from the studio who is out doing Puccini. You should ask Joey for the play." You? Yeah. And so that's actually so I, I have I owe a little debt of t- gratitude to Tyler um, uh, of suggesting that I contact Joey and reach out and ask for the play and 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 yeah. a great. A, a great debt of gratitude that Joey's allowing me to do his his intellectual property, um, and it's really a lovely it's a, it's a fun it's a fun evening. Who doesn't love Puccini? Like, and who doesn't love real. Puccini? Well, but then after I read it, oh. so then I like got the manuscript. This is back in fall of nineteen, I think, when I or spring of I was twenty. Because I feel like I think you've it been was, talking I think about I've this had for a the, while. I think I've had the script since spring of twenty. But life, I mean, and and what happened in spring of twenty? Who, who? Right. Because yeah, I was gonna say I do feel like I've heard you kind of talking about this for a bit, for a while. Yeah, and um, I was supposed to do it a year ago, and mm. I think I knew in the fall of last year that, that, that we happen. were not going to do it in February. So I kind of put it on the back burner. We were so caught up in our low latency work last year, oh yeah, and so caught up in you know not having a vaccine yeah. and whatever. But anyway, so uh, this summer I kind of brought the Puccini back into focus, and I've been you know more diligently working on it. But over the summer. I was just trying to like memorize it like a like a script like you know and and like it's so easy when you're in a play if you have other people's dialogue that yeah to cue you it just makes sense you know they it say, feeds they say their line you it's just like singing a duet is yeah. easier in a lot of times than singing like a 17 minute scene by yourself oh, it's always harder when it's by yourself you know oh for sure particularly singing una fortiva lagrima at the end of the night with egg on your face when you're by yourself on stage and nothing to do are you do. gonna literally have egg on your face I think I did in one performance of Elixir. But anyway, no. Um. Huh. I was just curious, like, again, not having seen or really knowing anything about this show other than, like... No, I'm not going to like, have egg on my face. I have, a, have I, ha- I have a fake mustache on my face and a wig on my head. 
I'm gonna shave. I'm gonna. Shave? I'm gonna shave okay, here in a couple of weeks. Okay, because I was trying to picture you currently like. No, I'm going to <laughs> shave. No, and my daughter, my daughter and wife have both been warned. My wife's concerned about kissing me without my goatee, and my daughter mm-hmm. is concerned about what me not looking like her dad. Um, She's seen you with one time. One time. Mm. Um. So it was when we did Turandot. Um, I. And I, I had, mean, I remember. I also so, do remember her being upset by it. Admittedly, yeah, yeah, she is going to be upset. She, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> so then I realized before the school year started, before the academic year started, yeah, I was like, I have to help myself somehow. Yeah. Well, the first thing that helped was giving myself and familiarizing myself. The script is really just written out as a script, but it helped. In my mind, the play is really an introduction, the seven letters, and an epilogue. You kind of broke it down. And so having the breakdown of the scenes was helpful. That makes sense. So I broke. I so I broke it down into those scenes, Mm -hmm. and that that's how I started to memorize it. I would work on a scene. Then before the school year started, I had this thought to myself, and I said, "You know what would probably really help." If I made an audio recording of myself doing oh, this. Yeah, no, I totally buy that. Listening. For one, so I could hear myself do the Italian badly and what, <laughs> what I needed to catch myself <laughs> on. But also having the recordings of myself yeah. speaking the play. Yeah. And it's it's too fast on the recording. But it's kind of good because it's faster than the pacing that I do the play. Okay. And so... This spring, I have, in order to get myself ready for the play, okay. since the new year, I, I basically decided that, okay, six days a week, Monday through Saturday, yeah, I am going to do my morning run, and I'm back to running six days instead of what I was. Okay. I'm going to do act one mm-hmm. during my run, listen to it. Oh, my gosh. Take a few hours, get ready for work, come in, and then the first thing I do when I get here is run, is run Act 1. Ah, which is what I heard you doing. That makes sense. Then the next day, Act 2. Act 2. Then the next day, back to Act 1. I'll then the next you, day, back to Act 2. Is huge. But it's the listening of it. That too. It's the listening to it during physical activity. Oh. Because I'm kind of out of breath. Yeah. And I'm trying to still do the lines out of, which is also helping me build my speaking stamina. That I'm makes gonna sense. be honest. Yeah, it's a long. Um. Uh. And then when I come in, I'm also trying to like when I do Act Two, I also sing the aria. Mm-hmm. Like you heard me sing the aria because I, I did. I, and, and then yesterday I'm also, must have been an Act Two day. And <laughs> then I'm also make sure that I can still sing two or three more arias to get ready for the aria auction. Yeah, which also I assume you need to practice those so that you correct yeah so i I basically have i basically have all the puccini there's a couple that i'm not offering um i uh, i'm not offering um elucevan i'm not offering renuccio which i don't sing um Mm -hmm. i'm not offering the aria from the villi because i'd never learned it what are you offering uh everything else pretty much i mean all the no that's not true i'm not i'm not offering anything from tabaro um uh, I'm offering... You're offering K- fan favorites? Uh, KJ Lida. Okay. Adio Fiorito Azil. That's the only mm-hmm. thing from Butterfly. I'm not offering the Act 1 aria. Okay. Uh, um, Creda from Fanchula. Cool. Uh, uh, what are the other arias? Non piangere lui. All right. Um, Donna non vidi mai uh-huh. from, from, from Manolasco. And yeah. then um, a little aria at the end of Turandot. I think it's called. Uh, I was gonna ask. I think it's called Nessun Dorma. Um, I was gonna ask. But uh, I am gonna put um, my bet I now. might still remove Kejelida from that list, not really? because I'm worried about singing the high C at the end of the night, because um, the duet we're gonna do has a high C. Yeah. I, I'm. It's that. The, I, my wife and I are trying to avoid the arias where there are significant excerpts from in the show, uh, and he sings a bit of 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 uh, yeah uh, of of KJ Lida. Yeah, not a lot of it, but but there's an excerpt of KJ. It's one of the tenor offstage excerpts. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I could I could see that. Well, I I already feel like in my mind I know what you're gonna end up singing. 
I have a pretty good idea. Yeah, yeah. it just, just seems that there might be a fan favorite. That's what I'm thinking. In there somewhere. Yeah. yeah. So um, I hope you're really. But I'm just that trying one. to make sure everything else is in the voice. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, Even though we're, I mean, we know what you're gonna sing. But, but I, I would rather be prepared. Yep. On the off chance that that Donald on Vidi Mai gets asked for. I'm gonna put all my money on that. <laughs> I'm gonna pick the most, the least, the one you would least suspect. Uh, and I'm gonna put. All my money on it. Yeah, I I probably need to sub out. Um, I probably can't compete with. The I probably need to sub music. out Bohem, the Kjelita for Recondita Armonia, um, which Tyler oh. and I have already done Talked together. About. So there you go. we've sung that but together before, so it's no big deal. Um, but so. but yeah, no, we're um we're getting close. But anyway, I'm telling you. So vocal fam, if you have a student or you yourself need to memorize something, let me encourage you to consider recording yourself. Maybe speaking, even if it's songs, speaking the poetry, mm-hmm. or speaking a translation of the poetry, oh. Oh, or recording smart. yourself singing it, yeah, and then listening back to those while you do some, whether it's mild cardio, like just on a walk, yeah, or some more rigorous cardio, like being on an elliptical machine or a treadmill or running or whatever you whatever it is that you do. do. Enjoy. I mean, a lot of people in January kind of reset their fitness. Um, yeah. So not everyone, and and if and if you don't, good no, for you. No worries, no problem. Um, non è problema. Oh my gosh. Uh, too many sing the whole aria badly just I to can, hold themselves for the sea. I can hear the next five weeks of my life right now. I it keep I keep interrupting classes with it, and I don't even know what I'm like. I'll be in the middle of a of of, of a lecture point, and all of a sudden I say a line from the play, and you're like, oh, and I'm kind of not even aware of it. You know, it's terrible totally, pedagogy. Don't do that, vocal fam. I used to do that. Like if I read a book, or if I'm reading really a bunch of books by an author, because I tend to do that. Like I'll get sucked into an author. Most authors, like, they tend to have phrases or things they use a lot. Like, I'll find myself speaking more in, like, kind of the language of that Oh, book. sure, 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 And it was sure, only sure, sure. ever problematic when I went through a phase where, friends, I don't know if y'all are aware of this, but there is a whole segment of Christian fiction that is about, like, Amish people. It's huge. It's a huge part of that industry Whoa. is books about the Pennsylvania Dutch. And I, I grew up with the Pennsylvania yeah. Dutch, and I promise you I've never read one of those. I have read a lot of those. A lot of those. A lot. Like, a lot. To the point that at one point in my life, I started just randomly, like, a, a, a Pennsylvania Dutch, like, a word. Like, for hoodled. I think that was one of them. For hoodled. Yeah, I think it means confused. It's been a while since I've read those not in that phase anymore guys um but yeah like where one day like i said that like just in a conversation not even like kind of semi-jokingly and i was like oh no this isn't good well you really schloffed a cog kopf don't know that it's uh the dutch the pennsylvania dutch for hit the nail on the head oh it's all it's the only phrase i remember i like it i like it yeah but yeah so i get it i get the italian thing yeah so anyway vocal fam it's been um Amongst time. the other craziness of the moment. Yeah. In a way, though, my wife thinks it's keeping me sane. No, I totally buy that. Like, because I'm... I don't think it would be healthy for you to, like, to jump back into low latency again. That was that was a dark place for you. It was good. <laughs> like, you did a lot of good work. You did a lot of good work. But that was a dark... I don't know if it was just a dark time, a dark place. It was... That was my... De- Listen, okay, so vocal fam. So I, I actually wanted to address this today, too. So that was my depression phase of the pandemic, and I just want to say, if that's the phase that you're in right now, I see you. Um, I want I you it. to feel seen, and I understand, and I empathize. I think that we have all gone through different phases throughout um, this, and this week, I will admit, and I just want to say for those of you who did start this week, if it was tough for you, I see you, because... Mm. I can say without a shadow of a doubt, this was the most difficult first week of a sem- academic semester I have ever experienced. Ever. I buy that, yeah. In 20 years of being in higher ed almost, this was the worst first week I've ever experienced. There's I- so much, there. I have never experienced a week one 
where the students are at the anxiety level of, of week of 13. I think I, that's kind of my thing. Ever. It, it doesn't feel like the beginning of a semester. It feels like... It feels like some weird continuation fatigue. of spring of 2021. It doesn't even feel like spring of 2021. It feels like spring of 2020. Or spring of 2020. Like when people like were it, making jokes yes. right before the new year about, guys, this isn't going to be 2020 part two. You know, it's 2022, 2020 part two. Right. And yet, that is, it eerily feels like it that. Was, and maybe it's not that way at your school and on your I campus. Hope not. And we pray that it's not, to be completely honest. But, it definitely, but around here. Well, and so that's what led to. So I had four cast members drop out of Godspell. I being four. In a 48 hour period. Four out of 22 people in my cast. And these were people in roles. Yeah, these are some of the word. I was surprised. Um, Some of our own majors. Yeah. Dropping out of the show. And some of them had... A, there were some personal reasons. I guess they were all personal reasons in the end. But And, and I want to say, Vocal Fam, uh, please don't think I was mad at them. No. Like, like, like this time is weird. This season is weird. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm not, but like, I'm also, I was discouraged. No, I get it. That, I that was, is. I was discouraged that we potentially have reached the phase of the pandemic where young musicians have not made, have not performed in long enough that they no longer want to make music. And if you are experiencing that out there at your school, in your studio, in your church, in your production, in your whatever, I just want to make you feel seen and say that you are not alone. No. Um, honest to God, this was the worst first week I have it ever experienced. Like um, and uh, I just want to make you feel seen. I did put a post on a forum, a, a professional teacher's forum, yep. that made me feel not crazy. Yeah, well, because there definitely is, like, there was a little bit of that of, like, okay, is it, like, is it us? Is, is it, it just here? But knowing that it's everywhere, I saw some stuff this week. Basically, I hadn't thought about the fact that it does kind of feel like, eerily 2020 beginning of 2020 reminiscent and i saw a bunch of people posting about the fact that like they're juniors now but like all of that happened their freshman year like they have not had ever i was a what normal a horrible, collegiate school year what a horrible undergrad or their so freshman sorry. year was their only normal school yes year. and those are the only people that are like left and those are my concern for academic music in higher ed is that that is the entire high school music experience of our next four oh incoming classes. Yeah. Yeah. And that that is concerning to me. Well, to the point that, like, I don't think there's... Expect yeah. If, if that's if you've never really been in a musical production, I don't think choir, people understand the expectations of what it means to be in a full scale show anymore. That's that's kind of what I mean. And yeah. I think that's part of what we were running into this week because on Monday, because I am a responsible producer, I sent them what their entire rehearsal schedule looks like, which is no different barring one rehearsal on a Sunday evening than what I had sent them and given them at the audition. Yeah. So at the audition, I told them what their entire rehearsal schedule yeah. would be. And immediately they started dropping like flies. Now, fortunately, I will I will give someone credit. We've actually had someone already step in oh, good. to one of those dropped parts. Great. A freshman. So um, has stepped into one of those. So that's wonderful. Filled one gap. Well, I can that, say, too, this is a very, like, when I looked at it, to me, it was a very light rehearsal schedule. Like, Oh, yes. Vocal, like, vocal I looked fan, at it and thought. I'm, I'm requiring a whole two rehearsals a week with no weekends until tech. 
Yeah, when I looked at that, I was like, how, honestly, I was a little bit like, how, how are they planning to do this? Show? I actually <laughs> don't know the answer to that question. That's, that's so little rehearsal. Let's just, uh, let's just leave that for the time being. But like, that, that was my thing. I looked at it, I was like, this is, this is so nominal. And they, and the reason that I kept being given over and over was that it was too much time and that they couldn't handle the anxiety of that much time. It's just a weird world right now. So anyway, I just wanted to say, Vocal Fam, that I know that I have been overcome with the whole languishing phase of the pandemic the last month or two. Didn't even know that was a phase. Like, I know there's the five stages of grief and stuff, um, but... No, because I have not it? really been depressed. Like, this I know... Good. Listen, Vocal Fam, I know what it is to be depressed. I've been depressed a few times throughout my life. Mm-hmm. I see a therapist on a regular basis. I'm not depressed, but the whole languishing thing, if you have read that about that... Is real. It's so real. I am there. Such that I apologize to you, vocal fam, that I don't have like a full slate of our spring schedule up yet. We're going we're gonna to do a thing. Don't we're going to do it. We're, we're going to do it. We're going to have stuff happening. Don't worry about us. <laughs> because, And here's why. I haven't even told Sarah this yet, so she's hearing this for the first time. There was a period of, there was a part of me that very much wanted to just put Vocal Fry on the back burner for the spring. And uh, it was many of you who had reached out saying how much that this means to you Mm -hmm. and how it has helped keep you in good vocal health or or (laughs) mental health. (laughs) Maybe both. Uh, just a p- positive state of mind or captivated your mind or made you think or made you consider or whatever, uh, that we will keep doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, who knows? There might be a week here or there where I promise there's going to be one week where we're not going to record. Um, yeah, those happen. Um, because Perna is moving. That's part Woo-hoo! of the my life right now. Um just in case you didn't have enough going on. Yeah, and that's before the Puccini. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> no, it is. <laughs> um, so anyway, Vocal Fam, I just I just wanted to make you feel seen, know that you're not alone, and know that we okay. we are here for you and it's gonna be okay. Um I am still praying and believing particularly since the Nats Winter Workshop still went on, that we are all going to see each other in Chicago this summer. Yep. And that I am, here's my hope. It is my hope and prayer that we will be at least three months clearly with good evidence into the endemic phase of this virus. And I really that, hope so. And that um, we are just rocking it out with caseloads in the toilet and... Um, I really hope so. Et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, but in this immediacy of this moment right here, wear your mask. Yeah. Get your vaccine if you're not vaccinated. Yeah. Get boosted if you are. And take care of yourself. I think it's going to be okay. If you get it, I'm just waiting. I know I'm going to get it at some point. It's coming. Practically everyone Sarah and I know has had Omicron in the last oh, yeah. two weeks. It's been wild. Like they're they're dropping like fries. It and luckily it has been insane. I'm a hermit, so Yeah. Well I'm gonna us, get it at some us, point. Us too. So anyway, please stay safe out there, yeah. vocal fam. Um and uh I hope that your spring semester, if it has not yet begun, starts better than I hope ours it did. Well. I hope But you know what? If you don't if you don't do all the things, if it doesn't start great, like that's okay. If you're not doing a million things right now, if you get up in the morning and you're like, uh, all I can really do today is take a shower and like, just get through the day, do the minimum. The minimum's okay. Yeah. The minimum, the minimum is fine. Even if you don't hit the minimum, I have that like earlier this week, I had a day this week where I literally got on my couch, pulled the covers up over my head and I just laid there for about an hour and I'm okay with that. Yeah. That's okay. I don't have the time to do that at the moment. But oh, I, I didn't have but the I time. But I wish I could. But I did it anyway. 
Uh, no, about seven of my plates would break if I did yeah, that. Yeah, no, you definitely, like, you really can't do it. Um, Your minimum is um, more than my minimum. Anyway. Yeah. Sarah, what'd you have for breakfast? Oh, mm, yeah, so, you know, I was trying to be healthy. I made these muffins. They're not really, like, muffins is too strong of a word because they don't have much flour in them. It's, like, oat-based and Greek yogurt. And there wasn't butter, there wasn't sugar, and of, flour in them. There was not. There was a little bit of sugar. A little bit of brown sugar, but not very much. That was and just a little waitress quote. Yes, I know. But these muffins were so depressing that I can barely acknowledge it. Uh, they oh, were very sad. They're very dense. They're very healthy. Very healthy. Lots of apple. I do great apples. Have you ever grated apples, guys? I, you know, interestingly, on the healthy thing, I, I'm 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 um, currently vocal fam in the middle of a cut. Not for my well, yes, for my health, um, but also for the Puccini specifically to to look appropriate on stage. And um, I made I made the best protein keto waffle I have ever made. And I've made some bad keto pancakes and waffles okay. before, like yeah yeah man this was oh Honestly, even my wife was like this is really good oh, I was like, i'm jealous because these right. muffins like they're they're okay like i've been eating them but i'm not happy after i eat them and i made that up. i just it's okay it's okay i ate them i'm sure it was one of the healthiest things i've eaten in a while but i'm not happy about it yeah it's okay i'm gonna live you know what i am happy about i watched all of lower decks and i love it isn't it, it fantastic? So much. It's that second season was spectacular. It's amazing. Jamie and I had just finished what like we'd been watching some really heavy shows. We watched Arcane, we watched Witcher, we caught up on Boba Fett. Not that Boba Fett is like heavy, it's just meh. And we were like, we gotta watch something. And so we watched all of Lower Decks, and I love it. Our um, ho- by the way, Vogel fam, our our uh, sorry, we still not gotten the Apple TV Plus yeah, thing. That didn't although happen. although everyone is pressuring us. My bad. Um, uh, my wife and my entire watching for the break, we're not done yet. We're in season five, but has been the Expanse. And let me tell you, if you start it, I am telling you that there. We talk about this with shows all the time. Yeah. There is no show that exemplifies the idea that you have to push through season one. More than this? More than The Expanse. I feel like it I'm... is so freaking dense. Yeah. It, it is just, it is like the thickest stew mm. ever. And the effects in season one are pretty bad because it okay. was a cheap sci-fi show. I can, if I know that there's good stuff coming, I can usually push through a season I think one. it was the first two and a half seasons were on sci-fi. That's and, pretty long. And then it got canceled. Uh-huh. Amazon bought it, uh-huh. and it's been a prime original since then. Okay. But even by season two... It's better. Oh, my... It is everything that modern Star Trek wants to be, but maybe doesn't quite get to. Maybe that's... It is spectacular. Maybe that's what Jamie and I'll watch next, because we've... I'm telling you... We've gotten through all our shows right now. It is hard to get through season one. It's hard. That's okay. I've pushed through some But seasons two through five, we're, and we're not quite done with season five yet, um, we're, we're close. Um, and then there's a sixth season, but I think there's 13 books. Oh my gosh. Um, and I think lot. they're only in like book nine. So they're probably wow. another one or two They've seasons of this seasons show. Left. If um, they don't deviate and, you know. Yeah. Anyway, um, but it is spectacular. Anyway, I got to go, Vogel fam. I've got a lesson and I teach basically forever. It's been real. Um, uh, and uh, we'll be back with you uh, next week. Can't I don't, get I don't, rid of us. I don't know with what, but. Um, but we'll be here. But we'll be here. Woohoo! All right. Peace out, Vogel fam.